Welcome. You're listening to the Bible Marathon Project, your one-stop class for learning Bible interpretation, defending your faith, using spiritual gifts, and building consistency in your devotion with God. We hope these sessions are a blessing to you as they have been to us. And without further ado, we say welcome to Charisma Sunday. All right. Precious Father, we thank you so much for bringing us again together here on Bible Marathon. Um, we, we find this as an opportunity to give you more glory, even as we build ourselves up in our knowledge of you, even as we grow in our faith, even as we fellowship with one another. We see that you are glorified in all of this, and we thank you so much. We ask, Lord, that everything we're going to do today and discuss today will be to your glory and to your praise and that we would leave even more edified, strengthened with might in our inner man. And Lord, I pray for our speaker today that he's inspired by your spirit and he speaks only your will and that everyone here lives stronger in faith. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. All right. So as is our custom, all right, as is our custom, every week we read through the scriptures um, and we have certain books that we've you know, identified for our edification that we're going to use as our, um, what we're going to read for the week. And so the first one was Jude, right? What was the next one? Who remembers? Yeah, Second Peter, right? I, I read your lips, Ayo. And um, what did we read this week? Who can tell me? Unmute yourself. What did we read this week? First join, second join, third join. Awesome, awesome. I'm really begging and pleading. You know, I, I'm desirous of, I, I really just want you guys to be in the word. So I'm hoping that you're doing it. If you're not, um, please just start. It's going to build you up and help you. So right now we're going to do a quick, very, very quick summary or review of um, those books all right so right now i'm gonna welcome daniel to give us a summary or review of uh first john over to you bro hello everyone good morning good afternoon good evening everything um can you guys hear me very well yeah we can okay so i'll be doing a short um summary of first john and one one thing that anybody that has read first john one thing that you notice a lot is you know, the writer, the elder keeps saying one major thing, love everybody, love God and love your Christian brothers, you know. And to most people, it might seem like as if he's making majorly a, a very, very emotional argument, but all the things he's saying is predicated on one major thing, on knowledge. And the reason for that is because um, John is writing because there was a crisis of doctrine at that time, crisis of doctrine that happened during that time where, you know, people were denying, some people came out and were denying the humanity of Christ, the divinity of Christ, you know, and different things concerning salvation. So you see um, in the way he writes in First John 1, he says, what was from the beginning, what we have heard with our eyes, what we have observed and what, and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, that life was revealed, we have seen it, we have testified, and we testify and declare to you the eternal life that was with the father and was revealed to us you know speaking of the humanity of christ um that they were witnesses the apostles were witnesses of christ and all that and he goes on to reaffirm their salvation in christ and that um, christ died not just for their sins but for the sins of everyone in the world and anyone who believes in christ you know is saved 
But then he goes on to, to say God's commandment is love. You know, God's commandment is love and that whosoever has known God will keep his commandments. Whosoever says he loves God will, you know, love other people, will keep his commandments and different things like that. And then he also gives one other thing. He also gives a warning concerning um, different, it's the same set of people actually, but he calls them different names. He calls them the Antichrist. He calls them, and he says these people come to take them away, um, straight away from the true doctrine, from the true knowledge of Christ that they've all heard, which we've seen in previous books that we've read, you know, Second Peter, Jude, there's that emphasis on keeping intact the knowledge that, you know, has been given. And he also emphasizes that here. And although each chapter is almost like as if he keeps repeating the same points, but not really in the same way. In each chapter, he keeps saying you are saved in Christ and, you know, keep in yourself in the knowledge that, you have been, that has been given unto you love God and that love for God will translate into love for other people. Why? Because we know what the love of God is. We've experienced it. And the more we keep um, knowing about the love of God and learning and experiencing it, the more our own love will be perfected. So I think that is the major things that, that were discussed in First John. Thank you so much. So I had someone that was supposed to help me do a review of Second John, but the person is not here. Um, I hope it's for another reason, not that they're shy or they just didn't read the book and they're like, oh my God, oh my God, what am I going to do? So does anyone actually want to give a summary? Is one of this really short, it's super short, or would you want me to just go ahead and do it? You know what? Let's do this. Um, I know I'm putting you on the spot. Ayo, are you good to do both? All right. Thank you so much. All right. So we're going to have second John and third John right now. Okay, so I've prayed for third John, but I read um, second John. Um, so um, second John was actually written to a church um, as opposed to third John, but we'll get there. Um, so if we, second John and third John were really short, and they and I'm glad we already did first John because um, they're basically um, rep, uh, kind of repetitions or just him emphasizing on the things that he has already built in first john um so um telling the church to really beware of deceivers beware of uh, the antichrist and beware of false doctrine and he has taught in first john how to basically um discern if anyone doesn't um if anyone denies that jesus is christ or that jesus is god um then they are not of um they are not of God. So, and if you are of God, um, that's not what you believe. So that's basically um, what he emphasized in um, Second John that there are many believers who don't confess Jesus, um, and that's not who you are. That's not who you have been made. So, walk as children of light. And then going into Third John. Third John was a more personal letter, um, but it's in the canon, so it's also for our edification. Um, so in third john um, what i really saw there was that um the testimony of others is also important in our love work um he gave he you know he said oh i'm glad i've, I've heard this and this about you i'm glad i'm hearing this so um those are testimonies testimonies of other people about the person who's writing to or the church is writing to so um that's just something we should keep in mind um that our family and what they say about us especially in the faith is very important as well um he also enjoined us to spend for the gospel um because there were um itinerant workers they um missionaries basically people that traveled um so he encouraged us to you know um 
whenever they came and they asked for um, so for supplies or for money or anything like that, you should support them. And you know, definitely we can um, use that today as well. Um, and then he he touched on also like this um, discipline in the church. Um, there was someone in the church who was disguising, and um, you know, he really touched on um, how to on he touched on the fact that he would discipline them when he came back and he. He also um, promised them that he'll be with them physically. Um, so that's basically what the book of third, second and third journal is about. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Aya. How many of you have just noticed the trend? The trend has been from Jude to Second Peter to all the book, all the letters of John. There's been so much emphasis on, hey, pay attention. There are some false people amongst you. Be ready to cast them out and send them out yeah. and don't listen to them. So that's uh, that's a really important thing. And I, if you haven't read all those books, it's it's not long. Just go into them. All right. All right, so right now, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to take any time. We're going into the teaching of the word. And I just want to give a brief introduction of our uh, speaker. So I, I, I feel like I would have more time to do that later on. So let me just save time by saying he's a dear brother of mine. I've learned so much from him, um, both directly and indirectly, both actively and passively. He's just a brother that has encouraged me in the faith in so many ways that he probably doesn't even know. Um, and I just thought who best to edify us this evening and teach us about this very important aspect of our spiritual devotion than no other person but Thomas um, Okpayami Olokede. So I want to welcome him right now to the stage. Please pay attention, open your heart, receive him as you have received me, um, and take notes. There's so much, so much for you to gain today. All right, so I hand over to Okpay right now. Thank you so much, bro. The floor is yours. Thank you, Ernest. Good good evening, I guess, or good afternoon. I don't know. It depends on where you're at. Um, good day, everyone. Um, it, it is an amazing privilege to be here um, and to be able to um, speak to every single person today. Uh, so we're going to be having a, um, a short Bible study over spiritual gifts and power, spiritual gifts and power. Um, and to begin, uh, we're going to look at two Bible verses, and then we're going to pray, and then we're going to dive into the meat of our discussion for this afternoon, through the God. All right, so uh, if you have your Bible with you, or if Ernest can work his magic, uh, please pull open 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. The, Bible's, um, the Bible says in this place that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Verse 17 that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. What Paul is communicating here is all of scripture is profitable for our instruction. And not just for instruction, but instruction in righteousness. So the key thing to notice here is instruction in righteousness is found in the word of God. As believers, how we live our lives is dependent on the teaching of scripture. So we go to scripture, we go to the word to understand how to walk with God, how to live well, how to walk in faith. We learn all of that from the scriptures. And, and the main reason why I'm emphasizing this is our topic for today 
a lot of people don't go to the scriptures to, to study things that we're about to talk about today. Many people go to culture, they go to um, denominations, they go to temperament and different, <laughs> different sources like that. So whenever they want to talk about spiritual gifts and that is not ideal. We should go to the word. The word of God is our foundation for righteousness. Um, let's pull open 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 15. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 15. The Bible says, meditate on these things. Give, oh, my computer is uh, acting up. Okay, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them. The, the King James that Ernest has opened is give thyself wholly to them that your profiting may appear to all. So Paul says what? Well, dive into these things. Immerse yourself in it. Soak yourself in it. Overwhelm yourself with it. Right? And, and he says there's an effect. There is a result. It's a cause and effect. When you meditate on these things and you give yourself wholly to them, your profiting appears to all. People would see that you have grown. You know, so, so spiritual growth is not a myth, right? It's something that we see in the word. And when we study the word, it is not for your intelligence alone. You know, there are many people that I, that I have conversations with, and for them it's just, oh, what is the Greek word? What is the Hebrew word? What is the Septuagint? What is the Masoteric text? What is, they know the names of all of the manuscripts that have been found, from the Dead Sea Scrolls to, you know. <laughs> but to apply the word of God to their lives, they are lacking. And that would not be us this afternoon, okay? We're going to be applying the word. So right now, I want you to join me in praying. And I want you to just begin to pray to the Lord and say, Father, I'm, I'm open to your word. My mind is open to understand. My heart is open to receive. I conform my life to your word. I do not rely on culture. I do not rely on denomination or on the opinions of men. I go to your word. I trust in the teaching of your word above all else. Speak that over yourself right now and speak that to the Lord right now. Focus on him. Meditate on his word. Focus on the truth that we have access to. Lord, we bless your name. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. And this is this is so strange. Oh my gosh. This is so strange. Um, Ernest, can you keep on sharing your screen? Yeah, I think that would make it a little easier for me. So for those of you who, for those of you who don't know me, um, my name is Okoyami. I'm using a MacBook Pro. I've been using this MacBook for only one month. So let's just say I don't know how to use a MacBook. So, <laughs> so there are times when I'm just like, where's everything? It's all gone. Oh, Lord God. Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I'm, a, um, I'm a noob when it comes to the ways of the Mac. Uh, so forgive me if you're just watching me like go back and forth and I'm looking very confused. Um, it's because I don't know what's going on on my own computer. All right. So we're going to be talking about gifts and power. Gifts and power. Um, the goal of this teaching is to help you to become aware of the supernatural ability that you have as a believer. As a believer, you're not a normal person. You're not like the rest of the world. There's something different about you. And we're going to be talking about that tonight. So open your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1. 
The Bible says, now, cons now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Concerning spiritual gifts, I would not have you ignorant. First thing here is the word gift is italicized. So it wasn't even there in the original Greek. So what Paul said was concerning spirituals, I will not have you ignorant. And, and the Greek word for ignorant here means, it's a, it, yes, unaware, thank you, Ernest, unaware, a willful disinclination. When you just, you don't want to know about it, you're going, you're running away from it, you're not interested in it. You're saying, oh, like anything supernatural, spiritual gifts, I, I don't, I'm not interested. Keep it as far away from me as possible. That is not biblical. That's not who we are as believers. As believers, we should be aware of spiritual things. We should be interested in the matters of the spirit. We should be informed about these things. In fact, you know, in case you think, oh, wait, um, Paul is the one who said this. I don't know. Did Jesus say this? Uh, open your Bible to Mark 16, 17. Mark 16, 17. And these are the words of Christ shortly before he ascended. He says, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. He's saying, you preach the gospel to people. They believe. Right, And how you know that they believe is that signs follow them. They cast out devils. They speak in new tongues. If you've never cast out an evil spirit before, don't worry. You'll begin to after today. <laughs> you'll begin to. They cast out devils. As a believer, these signs follow you. You will speak in new tongues. That is what Jesus said. So when we're talking about spiritual gifts, when we're talking about gifts and power, this is not a talk about denomination. It is a talk about the Bible. It is biblical. So your, your, your denomination should not decide your disposition towards spiritual gifts. You know, <clears throat> if I ask you, oh, um, do you speak in tongues? Your, resp your response to me should not be, oh, I'm, I'm Baptist or I'm Catholic um, or I'm, you know, I'm this, I'm that. No, no. Your response should be, oh, this is what the Bible says, Right. I mean, if, if, even if you're a Catholic, I, I, was, I grew up Catholic. I was raised Catholic. If you're a Catholic, you should be speaking in tongues because if you revere Mary, Mary also spoke in tongues. Mary was there, Acts 1.14, you can check it out. She was there in the upper room and she spoke in tongues with everyone. Um, but what we must realize is if we're truly going to be orthodox, if we're truly going to follow the culture and the creed and the teachings of the early church, we must emphasize the supernatural. The church age began with the supernatural, specifically with tongues. That was how the church started. So if, if we are truly going to be orthodox, we must stick to what the early church believed. We must be charismatic. So my question to you is this, what do you follow? Do you follow your denomination or do you follow the word? To be truly orthodox, you must be charismatic. <clears throat> now let's take a look at a few more verses that really drives this point home. Open your Bible with me, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 1. Now this is Paul talking to the church in Corinth, and Paul says to them, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. You see, this is a very interesting verse. If you've been going to church for a while, you know that you are taught in church, love, love everyone around you. I mean, we just studied through 1st John, 2nd John, and 3rd John. 
And in First John, the core message was love. We hear the message of love all the time, but do we ever hear the message of desire, spiritual gifts? Is that something you hear in your church? You should be asking questions because this is only one verse. It says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Earnestly desire. So this is not something to be indifferent about. You have to earnestly, you have to be zealous about it. You have to want to see gifts function in your life. No child of God should have a neutral position on spiritual gifts. It's not an option. It's not like, you know, it's not like your political party. You know, oh, I'm APC, I'm PDP, um, you know, uh, PHCN. <laughs> I'm Republican, I'm Democrat. No, this is not, you're not choosing. This is not like going to a restaurant where you choose a meal from the menu. No, the Bible instructs us to pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts. It, it, let's, um, let's open another verse. 1 Corinthians 12, 31. 1 Corinthians 12, 31. The Bible says, but covet earnestly the best gifts and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. So we see that same instruction again, covet earnestly. You know what's funny? In the Bible, covet, covetousness is frowned on, right? You should not be coveting your neighbor's wife or coveting your neighbor's goods. It's in the Ten Commandments. And even Paul talks about it. Paul says, I don't even want to hear about covetousness around you or among you. But here Paul says, covet earnestly the best gifts. So he's giving you an instruction in the word to desire spiritual gifts. Open 1 Corinthians 14.39. 1 Corinthians 14.39. Paul says, wherefore, brethren... Co covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. Covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. We see that word again, covet. You see, in some translations, you see it as covet. In some translations, you see it as earnestly desire. If you check the original Greek, the word there is zelo, Z-E-A-L-O. And it means to have a passionate desire for or against something. It's a neutral word. <laughs> it means to be passionate about something. In fact, let me give you an example. Um, Ernest, open Act, um, seven, Acts chapter 7, verse 9. Acts chapter 7, verse 9. For those of you who know the story about Joseph um, and the um, patriarchs, and this is Steve, um, Stephen speaking here in Acts chapter 7. He says, and the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him. The patriarchs were moved with envy. You see that word, envy? That's zelo. They were moved with a passionate, they did not like him. Say, bros, we don't like you. You're always having all these dreams. No, you will not rule over us. Slavery. Bye-bye. There was a passionate desire they had in their hearts, an envious desire to see their brother gone. So here we see that word being used in a negative connotation. But we see Paul using that same word in a positive connotation, referring to spiritual gifts. So, Zelo, it's an active word. You, you can't be passive. You, you can't tell me, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with spiritual gifts. I'm, I'm okay. But then you've never read a book about spiritual gifts. You don't listen to sermons about spiritual gifts. You yourself don't function in spiritual gifts. That, I don't understand. That doesn't work out. You see, zelo is not being okay with it. It is about desiring it actively. You should be passionate about spiritual gifts. It should influence the books you read. It should influence the churches you go to. It should influence the friends you have around you. 
This zeal is expected to show in every aspect of your life. And what is interesting is, like I said, the word that Paul was using here, you usually see that word being used in a negative connotation, but here he uses it for spiritual gifts. Why? Because there is a kind of desire that is permitted for the things of God, but becomes inordinate when you direct it towards other things. So Paul is saying, instead of you to be desiring other things, no, zelo, spiritual gifts, desire spiritual gifts. So to, to imagine a local church without the supernatural is strange. It's alien to God's design. That was not God's original plan. So we don't conform our mindset to our denomination or to the church we go to. No, we conform our mindset to the word of God. And this is what the word of God says about spiritual gifts. So if you're listening to me right now, you cannot leave this study without a burning desire for spiritual gifts. If you are doing so, that is rebellion. That is rebellion because I'm not the one saying so. The word of God is the one saying so. If you believe that Jesus is Lord over your life, then you must desire to see spiritual gifts at work in your life today. And in case you're thinking, oh, wow, this is, this is a lot. I don't know. Was this even in the Bible? Do people really do this? Let's look at the charismatic history of the church. What I'm telling you is not strange to scripture. It is all over scripture. In fact, in the very beginning, when God created everything, in Genesis chapter 1, oh, the, the very first picture we see of God is of a powerful creator, right? Who is saying, let there be light and there was light. Let there be, the, let there be a, a partition between the waters above and the waters below. Let there be dry land. He, calling things forth and they appeared. And then here's a fascinating thing. God named every single one of those things. He separated and said, oh, this is land and this is ocean. This is day and this is night. So we see a God who was creating things out of nothing and he was naming those things. That is the very first picture we see of God. He created things and he named them. And then do you know one of the first pictures we see of man? God creates man, Adam, and what is one of the first tasks that God gives him? God brings all the animals to Adam and says, hey, name them. Give them names. Isn't that interesting? In Genesis chapter 1, we see God naming, creating and naming. In Genesis, in Genesis chapter 2, we see, we see God bringing animals to Adam for Adam to name. What was God doing here? Mentorship in the supernatural. God was trying to show Adam, I'm the, I'm the creator. Yes, I created everything, I named everything, but I want you to partake in some of this. You as a man, you have a supernatural life. God wants us to participate in the supernatural. Let's kick it up a notch. Let's talk about Moses. Let's talk about Moses. So the, the, the nation of Israel, they're in Egypt, they're, they're slavery. The Egyptians are doing horrible things to them, um, enslaving them and killing their, their male babies. And God calls Moses. And God tells Moses, oh, you're going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to do this. And Moses is giving all these excuses. And now God says, Moses, don't worry. I'll, I'll be with you. Let me show you. He says, take your rod. Drop it on the ground. Moses drops the rod on the ground. What happens? It turns into a serpent. God tells Moses, pick it back up. It picks it back up from the tail. For some of you who don't like snakes, can you ever do that? If God, if God should tell you to, to pick up a snake, you're just like, ah, oh God, don't worry, I believe. I believe. I don't have to touch the snake. 
it's okay. I trust you, sir. Let's just, let's move on. <laughs> God was showing Moses that he could participate in the supernatural and not just participate, but that there was a level of control he could have over it. When Moses went to Pharaoh, Moses dropped the rod and picked it back up. He jumped it as a, he turned into a snake. His snake swallowed all the other snakes and he picked it back up. Control over the supernatural, control over the miraculous. That's what God was showing Moses. God also told Moses, put your hand in your, in your cloak. Bring it out. Oh, it's leprous. Put it back in your cloak. Bring it out. Oh, it's fine again. He, what, what was God trying to show Moses? He was trying to show him that, God, I want you to participate in this. I'm giving you this ability to, to go forth in my name, to work wonders in my name. So you see, Moses knew how to reproduce the supernatural. And it wasn't like it wasn't like how many of us view the supernatural today. Many of us think, oh, this the supernatural, um, it, it's like lightning, you know, lightning doesn't strike in the same place twice. No, <laughs> that's not how Moses saw it. Moses saw it as, oh, if if I want to, uh, the lightning will strike here and will strike again and it will strike again and it will strike again. That was the perspective that God was giving Moses, control. In fact, if you look at Exodus 14, 15, it's a very interesting verse. Exodus 14, 15. You see, the Israelites had come to the Red Sea, right? They were in front of the Red Sea and they were terrified, crying, Moses, you brought us out here to die. How dare you? Why? This is horrible. We're going to die here. The Red Sea in front of us, the Egyptians from behind us. And, and Moses, Moses is panicking. Moses tells them, okay, don't worry. Come down. You will see the great wonders of God. You will see God show up. Like many of us would say, ah, God will move this mountain. <laughs> Do you know what God said to Moses? He said, why are you crying out to me? <laughs> why? Tell the Israelites to break camp. Ernest, the next verse, verse, verse 16. He says, as, as for you, lift up your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. <laughs> God told Moses, ah, after everything I've shown you, after everything you've done with that, that, that stuff in your hand, my friend, raise up the staff, divide the sea. They will walk through it. <laughs> Blows my mind. That was the kind of mindset that God was trying to give Moses. Look at <clears throat> Exodus chapter 17, verse 11. Exodus chapter 17, verse 11. And, and I'm going to give you some context to this. The, the Amalekites, um, you know, one of the Canaanite tribes, attacked the Israelites, right? And there was war. Um, and and the, this wasn't one of those wars where the Israelites went and, they, you know, they prayed to God and said, oh, God, give us guidance. What should we do? No, they just went into war, you know. Um, and they were fighting the Amalekites. And do you know what they realized? And, and this was, it was Moses that, that, that figured this out. While Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. But whenever he put his hand down, Amalek prevailed. They figured it out that, oh, you're telling us that if Moses is holding his hand like this, we're going to win the war. Please, Moses, hold your hand up. And let's show the next verse. <laughs> you're going to something very interesting. Um, when Moses' hands grew heavy, they took a stone and they put it under him and they sat down on it. Then Aaron and her supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until the sun went down. He said, sorry, Moses, we know you are tired. You've not been doing your bicep curls. We understand that, but we need to win this war. So you're going to hold that stuff up. In fact, sit down. Here's a chair. We'll hold your hand for you. <laughs> They, they were trying to show Moses, sorry, God was trying to show Moses 
that Moses could participate in the supernatural. And here Moses figured out that, oh, you mean that if I raise up my staff, something happens? That's mentorship in the supernatural. Mentorship in the supernatural. And these things haven't stopped happening today. I don't know if you realize how special what you have is. Dear believer, I don't know if you realize that. You see, in the Old Testament, only maximum of three people had this ability to walk in the supernatural. You had the kings, the priests, and the prophets. Only they could function like this in the Old Testament. In fact, Moses, when he was leading the Israelites through the wilderness, he was so burdened. He was tired. In fact, Ernest opened Numbers eleven fifteen. He was so burdened, he wanted to kill himself. It was just, God, these people are too much. Look at what the Bible says. If you are going to treat me like this, he was talking to God. If you're going to treat me like this, God, just, just kill me. Kill me right now. But if you are pleased with me, don't let me see my misery anymore. I'm, I'm tired of these people. They've, they've threatened to stone me. They've threatened to kill me. They've threatened to go back to Egypt. God, I'm tired. <laughs> but look at what God does. How does God respond to this? Verse 16. God answers Moses, says, bring me 70 men from Israel, known to you as elders and officers of the people. Take them to the tent of meeting and have them stand there with you. Verse 17. Then I will come down and speak with you there. I will take some of the spirits who is on you and put the spirit on them. They will help you bear the burden of the people so that you do not have to bear it yourself. So God tells Moses, I understand what you're going through. Don't worry. I will anoint all these other guys. They will also be able to prophesy like you. They'll be able to lead the people like you. That was God's solution to the problem. Now, go to verse 24. Verse 24. <clears throat> uh, so Moses went out and told the people the words of God. He brought the 70 people into the tent. Verse 25. Then the Lord descended in the cloud and spoke to him. It took some of the spirit that was on Moses and he placed it on the 70 elders. And as the spirit rested on them, they prophesied. They prophesied. Okay, verse 26. Now, just like people today, whenever they call for general assembly, there's always someone in their room playing video games. There's always someone who is not there. <laughs> there's always a rebellious child in the group, right? So Moses calls for the 70 elders. Only 68 showed up. The other two, we don't know what they were doing. Maybe they were, you know, they're playing dice, they're playing doodoo, or they're playing chess, right? We don't know. <laughs> but in verse 26, we see that two men remained in the camp, one named Eldad and the other Medad. The spirit rested on them, and they were among those listed, you know, that were supposed to go to the tent, and they prophesied in the camp. Now, look at, look at Joshua's response. Joshua responds in, in, in verse 27. Someone said they were taking care of their kids. <laughs> in, in verse 27, Joshua, who is the young man here, he ran, he went to report to Moses. He said, Moses, Moses, Elder than me that they are prophesying in the camp. They didn't come. They didn't sign attendance. Moses, we should flog them. Two strokes of the king. Or, you know, if you're, I guess if you're from um, the U.S., we should uh, ground them in their room, lock them in their, in their room, not give them food. I don't know. <laughs> Moses, stop them. They can't be doing this. Why? Do you know how Moses responded in verse 29? 
Moses responds by saying, are you jealous of my account? If only all the Lord's people were prophets and the Lord would place his spirit on them. Oh my gosh. Look at the mindset of Moses. Moses is saying, oh, I wish everyone could prophesy. I wish everyone had the spirit of God. I wish all of God's people could function in spiritual gifts. That was what Moses desired. Hmm. And you see, that desire has been fulfilled in Christ. That desire has been fulfilled in your life, dear believer. You have the spirit of God dwelling inside of you. You are not just a Joshua running in the camp. No, <laughs> you, now that you believe in Jesus, you've been baptized into Christ. The spirit has been sealed inside of you. You have the Holy Ghost working inside of you. You can function in spiritual gifts. So what Moses was wishing for has been fulfilled in your life. In fact, let me show you. Let's kick it up a notch. George chapter 2, verse 28 to 29. George chapter 2, verse 28 to 29. The Bible says, after this, and this is the prophecy of Joel, after this, I will pour out my spirit on all humanity. All humanity. Everybody. Anyone that believes, I'll pour out my spirit on them. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. I will even pour out my spirit on the male and female slaves in those days. What is he trying to say? He's trying to tell you, look, it's not about gender. It's not about your gender. It's not about your age. It's not about your social status. Whether you are poor, whether you are rich, whether you're a slave, whether you're a servant, whatever you are, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. All of humanity, your sons and daughters will prophesy, your, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. So it's not beyond you. If you are listening to me and you're thinking, ah, I've only been going to church for one week. I don't think I can do this thing. Scared asking too much of me. I'm telling you, the spirit of God is in you. You can function in the supernatural. The spirit of God is in you. You can function in spiritual gifts. The, this is the prophecy of Joel, all flesh. That is your life. And today, this day, today, this prophecy has been fulfilled. Acts chapter 2. Open your Bible to Acts chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 16 to verse 17. During the Jewish festival of Pentecost, while the 120 were gathered in the upper room, the Bible says that the Spirit of God came down and they all spoke with tongues. They all spoke with tongues, right? And people were asking, you know, what's going on here? What is happening? This is very strange. What does this all mean? And one of the responses that Peter gave in verse 16, Peter says to them, but this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. This is what Joel spoke about. And in the last days, it shall be God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men will see dreams and your old men will dream dreams. That prophecy is fulfilled today. That spirit is here right now. And you see in Acts chapter 2, in the upper room, all of them spoke in tongues. They all spoke in tongues. Mary was there. She spoke in tongues. The brothers of Jesus were there. They spoke in tongues. All the apostles, they all spoke in tongues. That was the birth of the church. It was a supernatural event. And I'm telling you, in the New Testament church, nobody is a spectator. It's not like, oh, in our church, there are, there are you know, 500 of us. But it's that one man. There's only one man that speaks in tongues. 
we go to him he's the only one he's connected to god the rest of us were not really connected like that it's just him that is not god's design at the birth of the church all spoke in tongues he has poured out the spirit on all flesh in fact open first corinthians 14 verse 26 first corinthians 14 verse 26 this is the new testament church that we're talking about first corinthians 14 26 the bible says and this is paul speaking it says what then brothers when you come together Every one of you has a psalm, has a doctrine, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. It says every one of you. It didn't say only some of you, only the special elite esoteric people. They're the only ones that can speak in tongues, that can give a revelation. It's just them. No, it says every one of you, each of you. If you are listening to me now, this is your life. You have this supernatural ability inside of you. You can speak in tongues, you can interpret. You can, <laughs> you can do amazing feats by the power of the Holy Ghost because that spirit is living inside of you. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 4 to verse 7. We're going to be reading more about the New Testament church because remember we're talking about the charismatic history of the church. We talked about the creation of the world. We talked about Moses. We talked about, we talked about the prophecy of Joel. We talked about Acts chapter 2. And now we're talking about the New Testament church. What was Paul saying to the church in Corinth? Paul says from verse 4, I thank my God concerning you. I, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is in you by Christ Jesus. Hmm. So, Ernest, keep verse 4. Look at this. I want you to look at this closely. It says the grace of God, which is in you by Christ Jesus. So he's about to talk about something that is going on in their lives that he describes as the grace of God. <laughs> the grace of God, which is in you by Christ. Okay. What are you talking about, Paul? Verse five. It says that in everything you are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. In everything you're enriched by him. In all utterance and all knowledge. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. Then look at verse 7. So that you come behind the no gifts, waiting for the Lord, <laughs> waiting for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, dear Lord. He says, you come behind the no gift. And he's talking about the church at Corinth. He's saying, you guys, <clears throat> you guys are enriched by him in all utterance. So speaking in tongues, prophesying, and interpretation, like it's all going on in your church. All manner of utterance, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come behind in no gift. You are not lacking in any gift. You are not dulling. You are not ignoring these things. You are, you are functioning in them. That was, Paul's, that was what Paul had to say about the church in Corinth. How about you, dear believer? How about your life? Don't come behind in any gift. And, and look at what it says. It says, so that you come behind the no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not in heaven you're going to go speak in tongues. It's not in heaven you're going to go heal the sick and, 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 and perform the supernatural feats of the Spirit. Who are you going to be prophesying to in heaven? Hmm? Say, ah, sir, please come. Let me pray for you so I'll be healed. Say, ah, have a glorified body. No, 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 don't worry. I will pray for you. But my body is, I'm not sick. Ah, shh, shh, let's pray. You know, <laughs> that, that is, that's not going to happen in heaven. Those gifts are for now. Now. That is your ministry today. So as a believer, you have to make this decision. You tell yourself, I come behind the no gifts. 
You have to be positively, positively disposed towards spiritual gift. You have to desire it in your life. I mean, think about, consider egos, right? Let's talk about egos. And um, I don't know if you guys like watching Nagio um, channel. I'm, I'm one who likes to watch documentaries. And once I watched a mother eagle, you know, trying to teach the eaglets how to fly, right? You know what the mother eagle did? She carried the eaglet, she flew up into the sky and she dropped it. <laughs> and this eaglet is like, the eaglet wasn't even like, ah, this wicked woman, how could you do this to me? You are such an evil, you are a witch, you know? No, the eaglet soared and flew. Why? Because everything that that eaglet needed to fly was already embedded inside of it. It was in its DNA. It was a natural born instinct. And when it was put in that situation, it showed. The same way you as a believer, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. When you see someone speaking in tongues, you should not be thinking, ah, this person is weird. You should be thinking, I can do it too. When you see someone healing the sick, you should be thinking, ah, me too, I can heal the sick. Me too, I can function in these gifts. Because that is your life. That is how you ought to think about these things. <laughs> and in case, in case you think, oh, oh my gosh, I'm running out of time. <laughs> in, 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 in case you're thinking, man, this, this awkward guy is so fervent about this stuff. I don't know. Am I, is this stuff, is this thing for me? Let's look at Mark 16 from verse 15 to 18. Mark 16, verse 15 to 18. This is your life. You see, Jesus emphasized the supernatural life of a believer. He emphasized it. <clears throat> from verse 15, Jesus speaking, he says, and he said unto them, go ye into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Verse 16. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that doesn't either believe it not shall be damned. Next verse. And this sign shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Next verse. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. This is your life. You ought to speak this about yourself. You, you look at this and you say, this is true about me. I believe, so I speak in tongues. I believe, so I cast out devils. I believe, so, well, when it says take up serpents, he's not saying you should go to the zoo. I'm going to look for a snake and say, ah, please, auntie, let me, just, let me just hold that snake. It's biblical. I need to hold that. No, that's not what he's saying. When he says take up serpents, he's talking about the forces of darkness. It's a figurative term. I'm not going to go into that right now. It says you should take up serpents and you can drink any deadly thing and it will not hurt you. You will lay your hands on the sick and you will recover. This is your life. This is your life. And I want you to begin to pray right now, wherever you're at. Begin to pray right now. Begin to speak these words over yourself. Begin to say, this is my life. I, I believe, so I speak in tongues. I believe, so I function in the supernatural. Everything I need to function in the supernatural is already in me. I choose to be open to these things. I choose to be aware of these things. I pay attention to it in my life. I, I refuse to be ignorant. I refuse to be uninformed about this. No, I, I 
focus on it. I pay attention to it. The Spirit of God is doing mighty things through my life today. He is leading me. He is guiding me. I'm healing the sick. Oh, I lay my hands on the sick and they recover. I trample on serpents and scorpions and all but the forces of the enemy. Oh, oh, I, I function in, in, in spiritual gifts today. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Speak that over yourself. Confess that over yourself right now. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. In, in Jesus' name, we have prayed. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. All right. So I, I'm going to be opening the floor for um, a few questions. Oh, wait, Ennis, did I end earlier or am I good? <laughs> I'm good. All right. Um, so I'm going to be opening the floor to a few questions. Um, you can ask me anything, any question you have about the supernatural life of a believer, throw it at me and I will do my possible best to address it right now. And um, Ernest is going to be putting up my uh, my details, my contact information. So if I'm not able to, maybe you are shy, you know, and you don't want to ask your question in front of everybody. You can text me, you can call me, um, whatever you want. You can send me an email. All right, questions, let's go. Okay, please, I have a question. Right, can you hear me? Uh, yes, Lucy, I can hear you. Okay, what does it mean when you find yourself in a dream speaking in tongues, like praying and speaking in tongues? In Is it what you can interpret? Um, so let me see if I understand your question. Are you saying you had a dream in which you were speaking in tongues? Yes. Do you speak in tongues? Um, I know I tried one time when I was praying, but like... It wasn't, I don't know how to explain it, but I know I, I spoke in tongues one time while I prayed. But when I had that dream, when I was praying and I was speaking in tongues, it was like, it was very long. So I was trying to, I had to Google, but it wasn't giving me like the answers I needed. So I don't know. I don't know. Lucia, Google doesn't know. So that's why like it's facts. Um, okay, so that's actually a very interesting question. Um, <laughs> I've never, never heard such a question like that. This is really cool. Um, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Hi, Ola Inka. Um, so give me a brief second. Let me answer Lucia's question. Uh, so Lucia, this All is right. this is honestly what I this is what I think, right? Um, I think as a believer, based on scripture, we should all speak in tongues because everyone spoke in tongues um, at the founding of the church. Everyone spoke in tongues in Acts chapter ten. Um, as for your dream about you speaking in tongues in that dream, I'm not an interpreter of dreams. I'm not Joseph. <laughs> um, so I can't necessarily tell you what your dream meant. Um, but one thing I can tell you is this. I want you to pray about this. Go over your notes from today. Go over this teaching again. And it, it might be God rekindling that desire in your heart, saying you, you should speak in tongues. It might be the Lord speaking to you. Like I said, it's it's your dream. And 
and this is one thing I've learned about dreams. When you pray about the dream, you get clarity from the spirit. When you pray about it, you get clarity from the spirit. And <laughs> dreams are not like, you know, some people will say, oh, if you see a bottle of water in your dream, that means that your spiritual life is testy. No, that's not how dreams work. Um, no. Um, so Lucy, I would encourage you, pray about this and, and, and really um, look for clarity from the spirit and the spirit will bring clarity. Okay. And if you want to speak in tongues, call me. We'll make it happen. <laughs> um Ola Inka, you 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 had a question. <laughs> okay, it wasn't like a question. I just wanted to say one or two things about um, what Lucia said. Okay, just like an experience. Um you you, you answered it quite well, right? But I think I, I should say this too. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Hello? Yeah, we can, I can, we hear, can you. hear you. Okay. So um, I think I, we had a similar experience while I was in school. And, uh, you know, this kind of teachings too were done and people were kind of um, in their heart, they did not take it. Like they didn't, they didn't believe in it. Like, this spiritual gift of a thing is for every Christian and everybody should manifest in it, right? So it could be a way um, of the Lord's um, encountering people, right? Because people started speaking in tongues from their dream until they started speaking it physically like it was like god now saying this this is like your inheritance it's what i have in mind for you you understand so it was it came to them in the dream and when they saw that it came to them in the dream they could not kind of um counter it they could not um how do i put it now oppose it because it was more like oh they were opposing it then while we were in school but when they started to speak in tongues from their own dream you know it was like a confirmation that uh okay so we cannot oppose this thing and just just like interesting so Olainka, let me get this straight what you're saying is that people heard the teaching <clears throat> that spiritual gifts was forever believed yeah. and every believer could speak in tongues and you know some of them didn't um respond um, as expected to the teaching. And then they started having dreams in which they were speaking in tongues in their dreams and they were convicted yeah. by that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay, now that, 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 that's beyond me. That blows my mind. I'm like, wow, God, okay. <laughs> that, that is amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, I have, I have a few thoughts on that as well. You know, as he was saying that, I remembered, uh, you know, in the history of the church, how many of us have heard of the Azusa Street Revival? Um. So yeah, check your check church history. So there have been times in church history. I mean, from even from the very beginning in the book of Acts, something Peter couldn't explain happened, right? A Gentile believer, while he's still speaking, Acts 10, 20, Acts 10, 44, all of a sudden, these guys that have never been in a Jewish setting per se, like with other these are Gentiles, and all of a sudden. They're speaking in other tongues. And Peter is like, what's going on? So, I mean, those things do happen. I see a precedence for that in, in scripture. But at the same time, you know, the goal, in what we've always been saying is put God's word as the priority. So does God's word say we should speak in tongues? Well, we've understood from today's teaching that every believer can. It's a question of why not? You know, it's every believer's yeah. right. So... When you see that as the precedent, then you can look at your experience and then judge. So we are, we're not moved by feelings. You know, there are a lot of people who just do things based on feelings. Um, we are not that 
those kind of people. We allow the scriptures to determine or to define what we do with our experiences, with our dreams and all of that. So that should be your um, pedestal or your, your, you know, measuring tape or whatever you want to call it. That's how you should measure spiritual experiences. I just wanted to add that because I've had people, you know, who have interesting things. They say things about dreams like, I was eating in my dream. So because I was eating in my dream, ah, I, I, maybe I'm eating with, with spiritual forces or enemies or stuff. And it's that's not true because who, guess who else ate in his dream or was presented with food in his dream? Peter. And God was the one that presented food. So you don't interpret dreams that way. In fact, Ecclesiastes tells us something else about dreams that the, you, we dream because of the busyness, the things that we engage in throughout the day. So dreams are not extremely, you know, whatever. It's activity of the mind in which God can actually intercept. Uh, you know, spiritual forces can also intercept. So you need to be backed up by the word to judge all things and test all things and then hold fast to what, that which is true. That's just what I wanted to add to that. Thank you so much for those questions. Any other question uh, from anybody? See, this is your opportunity to ask. Go ahead. Um, I see Gloria was muted. Yeah. Okay, go yeah. ahead, Gloria. Hi. Um, so I have a friend that um, she said that she used to speak in tongues growing up and then she lost it. So I don't really understand that, but how would I go about like trying to help her understand that, you know, you can't really lose, I don't think you can lose the gift of the spirit. So like, how can I approach that? Um, thank you so much, Gloria. That's a, that's a very interesting question. Um, Ernest, if we can pull open, <clears throat> I think it's gonna be easier if I show you um, scripture about this. Pull open First Corinthians, chapter 14. Um, I think I might have to open my Bible here because that's going to be easier for me. Actually, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 4. There we go. My brain is working again. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 4. <clears throat> so, Gloria, one of, the, one of the key things about spiritual gifts, I, I like what you said. You said you don't think you know, a believer can lose <laughs> the gift. Um, so the key thing to realize here is, first of all, we go to the word of God. The word of God should have ascendancy over our opinions. We should conform our opinions and our mindset to the word, right? And what the word of God teaches is that spiritual gifts is something that every single believer can function in. And here I'm going to show you a a group of Bible verses talking about spiritual gifts and where Paul emphasizes that it is all by the power of the Spirit. So if, if you have the Holy Spirit, you can speak in tongues now, right now. It's all by the Spirit. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 4, um, Paul says, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. 
and there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one man is given by the Spirit the word of knowledge, to another man the word of knowledge by the same, oh, sorry, the word of wisdom, to another man the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. And, and I don't know if you've noticed, but the word spirit is being repeated a lot through these verses. And that is the key word that you must pay attention to. If you look at verse 4 into verse 5, Paul calls spiritual gifts, he calls them administrations of the spirit, operations of the spirit, manifestations of the spirit. That's what he calls them. Ma- manifestations, operations, and administrations. So spiritual gifts are not something you have. Spiritual gifts are something you do. It's a manifestation of the spirit. It's a demonstration of the spirit. So you don't lose a gift or gain a gift. No, what you have is the Holy Spirit. And by the Holy Spirit, you can manifest, you can administer, you can operate, you can demonstrate all these different spiritual gifts by the one spirit. So Gloria, if you want to explain that to your friend, it's right here, right here in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 8. I hope that okay. answers your question. Yes, it does. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So any more questions? Can I add to that as well? Just a one-liner. Oh, sure, Ayo. Um, also, if you, if you can't lose the Holy Spirit, you can't lose a spiritual gift. Um, it's you know, it's kind of just as easy as that. Um, the Holy Spirit is in us to stay, and these these gifts are by the Spirit. So, yeah. So that de- de- definitely they're also in us to stay. So that's very it. good, very good addition. I want to ask real quick: Do we have any questions on Mixlr? No, so far there's no questions on Mixlr. Okay, good. Let me just read through the chat. Um, I guess most of you know, the thoughts or conversations here have been responded to. Um, so, yeah, looks good. Um, okay. My dad in my dreams lately told a friend yesterday, he said, that's the spirit of death. I disagreed. Um, okay. So, uh, do you want to talk on that, Ope? Yeah. Um, interesting. I'm looking at that right now. I um, like what seen... Gideon said, though. Like. Okay. The very last part, and he was talking about dreams are a result of our thoughts sometimes. Sometimes when you dream about food, for example, you're like, oh, I was eating with spiritual beings. But you were kind of thinking about food on the side, and then you... I yeah. missed it myself. Oh, yeah, but you get my point. Yeah. Hmm. Abby, thank you. Thank you so much. That That is a very valid point, because uh, Peter in Acts chapter 10, who had you know a dream about food, um, was hungry. He was literally waiting for someone to say, Peter, the food is ready. <laughs> That's what he was waiting for. And God used food to communicate to him. So if you are seeing your late dad in your in your dreams, and you told a friend and he said, it's the spirit of death. <laughs> I like how you said, I disagreed. Um, <clears throat> I, I think my question would be, what have your thoughts been consumed with lately? That's question one. And, and that is for you to answer to yourself. Question two is... Um, what, how do I phrase this? What kind of inclination did the spirit drop in your heart when you had that dream? Did you wake up and forget? Were you afraid? Was there fear being stared up? 
you know, those are questions you have to ask yourself. And, and sometimes when you have dreams like that, that are very abnormal, there are times when you need to get up immediately and pray and exercise your authority as a believer and say, you know what, Jesus, I don't know, I, I don't know what these dreams mean, but I know that I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. Far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and above every name that is named. So you tell your dream, you say dreams I command you conform to the word of God. <laughs> That's it. You tell your dreams to conform to the word of God. Okay? So that's what I would encourage you to do. Take action. Be active about this. Um, let me let me share a, a short story with you. Uh, when I first came to the U.S., I um, I was serving at a church um, here in town, in College Station, Texas. And people were asking me about dreams. I can't even remember how that started. But someone was, people just started asking me about dreams. And there were many people who were plagued with bad dreams. You know, there was even a girl who came to me and openly confessed that, there are demons in my dreams. And I was like, ah, demons. How did you know there are demons? She said, I know. You know, I was like, interesting. She said, what do I do? I've been trying to fight them. I've been slapping them, pushing them. They always overpower me. What do I do? I told her, ma, let's open the Bible. Ephesians chapter one, Ephesians chapter two, Psalms chapter 91. I said, as you, all these verses we've gone over tonight, when you go home, as you're at home, before you go to bed, before you start dreaming, pace your room. Recite it over yourself. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will see of the Lord is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. I'm untouchable. <laughs> that, that's it. You, you, you speak that over yourself. Okay? Okay, so we have a question from Mixelara. Let, let's go. Actually, there are two questions, but it's from the same person. So the first one is, how do we feel people with the Holy Spirit? What's our role in the process? Why do we lay hands for this while they hardly, while they hardly ever did regarding being true to the Holy Spirit in the Bible? So I think the person is referencing that why do we lay hands if they never really um, regarded it in the, in the Bible? Um, do you want to answer this first? You want me to read the second question? Let's, let's take that first. Okay. So real quick, um, before I allow Okwe to respond to this question, I want to let you know that, hey, we are doing a teaching series on all these things. So it's a process, all right? But he's going to give you a quick answer now. But just know that there is more to it, all right? So there's uh, a... Uh, hold on, hold on. There's no sound. Give me a second. That's weird. Okay, that's from the person. Because the... I'm hearing it in my ear. Okay. So it's just working. Let them Go refresh. ahead. Yeah, so the point is... Um, we're going to, we're doing a whole teaching series. You know, we're going to talk about tongues, the gifts. Um, what what what's the difference between tongues as a general gift and you know giving a message in tongues, which is a distinction the scriptures uh, talks about. You know, and all of those things. So I want you to be patient and be con like continue with us as we continue with you for your progress and join the faith. Um, so if the answer that our gives you is not all encompassing right now, just know, hey, we've got you, we've got you. Okay. So, Akpe, please, over to you. Um, okay. Maybe you need to repeat the question again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Abby, um, can you give us a question again? So, question one, part A, is how do we feel people with the Holy Spirit? And what's our role in the process? Okay. So, that's a very interesting question. <clears throat> I think the very first thing to emphasize is this. Like what Ernest said, I can't answer. <laughs> this is a big question. Um, 
and I'm not going to touch on every single aspect of it. Um, and I like how the person is asking what's our role in the process. In fact, in Ephesians 5 verse 18, we see Paul giving an instruction to the church in Ephesus. Paul tells them to not be drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the spirit. It gives them an instruction and it tells them to be filled with the spirit. So it means that as a believer, there is something that you can do to be filled with the spirit. And now I'm not even saying you trying to get someone filled. I'm saying you yourself being filled. Like there is something you can do to be filled with the spirit. And we're not going to go into that today. Um, but how to get people to be filled with the spirit. I would say the very first thing is getting them to understand that they have the Holy Spirit inside of them. They have the agent of feeling <laughs> inside of them. And, and that they have a part to play. That they have a part to play. Um, I'll give a short analogy. And like I said, I can't really answer this question. I'm just going to give a very short answer. A short analogy is this. Let's say <laughs> um, salvation is kind of like this. Uh, God gave you a house, a big house with a fridge inside. And the fridge is full of water. And he has promised you that, don't worry, eh? I work with seaweed. The water will be, will be replenished. Like You can drink as much as you want. There will always be water. But then... This is what a lot of Christians do. They stand with their cup in front of the fridge and they start singing, fill me up, Lord, fill me up. And God is saying, open the fridge now. The water is there. Take it. Fill me up, Lord. Ah, God, fill me, fill me, fill me. And God is saying, no, <laughs> there's a fridge right in front of you. The water is right there. The agent, the agent of filling is inside of you. So I think that is, that is what you really need to communicate, first of all. Before we, you know, start talking about, oh, Julian, Julian, mm -mm, that one is semantics. <laughs> I, what I want you to first of all understand is the agent of feeling is inside that person. If they believe in the gospel, the spirit of God is inside already. And they can be full of the spirit, but they also have a part to play. So I know that's not the, that's not the full answer you were looking for, but that is really all we can give right now because of time. Thank you so much. I think there's a second question. Mm -hmm. So does this also like, cover the part where she says why do we lay hands while they are why they hardly ever did regarding being filled with the holy spirit in the bible like i mean ns do you want to say something about yeah i just that? wanted to talk on that real quick that there i mean when you read through the book of acts you notice the distinctions with categories so with the jews something special happened to them with the samaritans who were not usually associated with the jews something dis dis distinct happened with them you know, they had to, like, Philip had to call the apostles, Peter and John, to come there. Because, like, this is new. This is Samaritans believing the gospel that was given to the Jews. So you have to consider that. And then, so that's where, I mean, there's going to be a teaching, I promise. But that's where laying on of hands now makes sense. Because these people are like, okay, if this is really, they're believing the gospel, let's lay our hands on them. And uh, voila, they all speak with tongues. And then you see kind of that same thing happen. Even in a worse situation with a Gentile, with Peter, Peter is like, you know, not even expecting anything to happen. He's just teaching, you know, you guys, you know, I'm just telling you what happened in Israel. This guy came to preach and, you know, they killed him, but he's really the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And as he was still speaking, almost disinterested, <laughs> these guys all of a sudden start speaking in tongues and, and the Bible makes us clear that. Peter was surprised. In fact, he had to go and tell the Jews the story in Jerusalem. Like, ah, you won't believe what happened. Like, these people who are not Jews were speaking. I didn't even lay hands. I didn't do anything, right? 
So you have to see all those distinctives to really understand. We follow the pattern. Then you come to Acts 19 and then you see these guys were not even believers in the gospel. They were believers in just baptism. Mm -hmm. So you see, there's just, you have to look at each individual example to really get why something happened. But what Okpe said is so important. The agent of all these things we're talking about is the Holy Spirit. And he's already within you. As you, if you believe the gospel, the Holy Spirit has come to reside in you. And then whatever happens based on that is the outworking of the spirit. All right. So if, it, if, it, if someone lays hands just to, you know, I believe in, in the laying on of hands as a spiritual teaching, a, a, a biblical teaching. So, I mean, you can lay hands on people, you know, after you've taught them the word of God and they've heard and believed the gospel. And it could also happen over the phone. It could happen anyhow. As long as the person agrees and believes the gospel, the Holy Spirit is not bound by space and time. So that's just what I'll add to that. Um, yeah. yeah, go There's ahead. another question. Okay. So it's from the same person. This is the last question. Do we have to get to a level of depth with God to be able to heal people? I know the Bible says it's a sign that that follow believers, but is there a work we have to do? Okay, I'll let you. <laughs> okay. Um, so I like I like the fact that in the question, the question already has the answer. Um, um, Ernest, pull up Mark 16, um, verse 15, I believe. Mark 16, 15. Oh, then verse 16. So Jesus says, he that believes shall be saved, but he that believes not will be damned. And this sign shall follow them that believe in verse 17, it says, in my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues. So you're, the question you're asking is, um, is there a level of depth that's required for me to see um, this supernatural manifestation in my, in my life? My answer to you is no. All you have to do is believe. If there was a level of depth, Jesus would have said, this sign shall follow them that believe and have a level of depth. He didn't say that. What he said was very plain and clear. They shall what? Cast out devils, they shall speak in new tongues, they will lay their hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. So Jesus didn't give any caveats to this. He says, once you believe, you can walk in the miraculous. In fact, if you're asking, okay, as a believer, what do I what do I need to do? I'll tell you the only thing you need to do is to open up your mind to these things. Open up your heart to these things, to believe what Jesus is saying about you to believe what the Bible is saying about you, that you can do these things. That is the, that's the only thing you need to do. <laughs> you need to believe in the word of God. That is it. Yeah, and, and just to just to um, buttress that point, remember Okwe was teaching us from 1 Corinthians, and one thing you know about the Corinthian church was that they were babes. Paul called them babes. He's like, I can't even talk to you about spiritual stuff. But these, these are the same people in 1 Corinthians, is it chapter 1 or chapter 4, where he says to them that, you know, you come behind in no gift. <laughs> so it was, in fact, it took a letter, 1 Corinthians, to correct their misconceptions about these gifts. Like, that's even the purpose of Paul's writing. Like, 1 Corinthians 14, that spoke on tongues was to say, hey, you guys are doing this thing <laughs> the wrong way. Let me tell you how it should be. First, start with love. Love should be the first thing. And then, you know, yes, yeah, speak with tongues, but desire to prophesy because people will understand that. So he just gives them all these things. So 
you you should you have to understand that if Paul was writing these things to babes and it's a letter to the general church, then it's for every believer, no matter your level, you know. So that's why love had to be taught because maturity, spiritual maturity is tied with love. You know, the more you love people, the more spiritually mature you are. I mean, there are many texts that, that kind of give credence to that. I saw a comment. I think Christian wanted to add something on the topic of dreams and attacks. So you have uh, two minutes, if that's okay with you, Christian. Go ahead. Go for it. All right, sure. Thanks, Ernest. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Yes. All right, sure. Um, I just wanted to quickly say something. This is off of my own personal experience back in 20, I think it was 2018. Um, so the context is, um, is it is it possible to, you know, have dreams and their, you know, attacks in the dreams like that person mentioned, and that person fighting the dreams and all that? Yes, it's possible. And is it also possible that there are genuinely spiritual attacks and things like that? Yes, that's also possible. That's why I said I was going to pick up on my own personal experience. In 2018, I was um had that particular spiritual um attack experience, and that was because I um you know, got involved in something I wasn't spiritually prepared for. So it became a thing back to back that I was having those experiences, both physically. I have both physically and in the dream. I have, you know, spiritual attacks. For instance, some people might relate, you know, somebody's trying to strangle you or things like that happening. But um, now this is where Oppest Point comes to play. He mentioned that, you know, you know what has been spoken of you, you know who you are. And that's literally how I overcame. Um, I had to, you know, go back into the world and understand that I already have dominion about these things. And being and knowing who I am, I cannot be oppressed of the devil. So I took time to emphasize that and it became my, you know, my mantra became my what I would go to pray about it and you know, always spoke those things. And in the shortest while it stopped and since then till today I haven't re- I haven't had you know such experiences. So um if there's anybody going through that, um yes, what Papa said holds water and it's truth that when you emphasize who you are in Christ. When you emphasize all that Christ has done for you, you know who you are. You need to speak it and know it for sure. And um, there is victory for you. Christ already won the victory. That's just what I'm thinking about. Thank you so much, Christian. Thank you so much. All right. At this point, we've come to the end of our time together. Please, can you all just unmute yourself and shout, we love you, Okbe, please. Thank you. Thank you, Okbe. Me, I love you. Thank you so much. We love you. you follow us back. Me, I will see you in my dream. I will see you in my dream. Thank you. Thank you. Don't forget to talk about um you were about in the introduction you said you would talk about it because I really I'm so curious like you guys something is going on yeah What's he's that? talking about like how you guys like sound alike and laugh alike and like you were going to yeah. introduce him but you said you do that exactly. later at the end feed from the same source <laughs> still the words from my mouth <laughs> We feed from the yeah. same. That's just the, but that's what I'll say. All right, thank you so much, Okpe. I hope he hasn't left. Where is his face? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Oh, okay, Okpe, thank oh. you so much. 
yeah, let me say one thing real quick, Ernest. Um, okay. So if you want to know a little more about me, um, I am a PhD student at Texas A&M, um, College Station, Texas. Um, I think I'm in my fourth year. I should be finishing next year, by God's grace. Wow. Um, so Ernest and I have been friends for about 10 years now. I think it's been about a decade. Um, so I, he has been an amazing brother in Christ. Um, and even over the holidays, I was, I was with him for a while. It was such an amazing experience. So yeah, we, we go way back. Um, Ola Inka, we go way back. (laughs) So that's also a factor, I believe. (laughs) Very interesting. Yeah. Wow. So I, okay, thank you. I just want to say thank you. I mean, I got, I told you about this, I mean, relatively short because I know you, you, you're a busy guy. I mean, PhD is not beans. Um, and you still made your time out. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for taking out the time to be with us. We really appreciate you. And this is this is our love from um, Bible Marathon Group. We're saying thank you so much. All right. So you can see it here yeah. from... Um, I think Bissola wants to say something because yeah, she's still con- Yeah, she's still connecting to audio. So once she, she does, I will I'll point, I'll allow her to speak. But let me just say this. You can see on the screen, that's his information. Please reach out to Okpe on those platforms. He's willing to take questions. Anything that's on your heart concerning this topic, reach out to him. And anything else, you know, you can share stuff with him. He's, a, he's a, an amazing brother. Um, Bisola, do you want to ask something or say something? Okay, I, I would come back to that. Um, but if you do, please type it in the chat. All right, let me just take some announcements real quick. You can see how we're keeping to time. Hey, it's from glory to glory. We're, we're learning, we're growing. So we just have four minutes and I'm just going to go through a few announcements. So first of all, I just want to say I love you guys so much, as I always do. I love you guys. I pray for you guys a lot. And I see that God really wants to use this platform to do amazing things in us. So my 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 request is just, hey, stay with us, continue this journey with us. Even when you don't feel like it, you don't feel up to it. Just, if it's just join the Zoom, leave it on your bed or something and sleep off and just let it be that you are, you know, just around. Even when you feel, I've had people tell me, oh, I feel guilty because I did this. So I couldn't come. I'm like, do you, you missed the whole point. Like, <laughs> like that's not even a factor here. This is family, all right? And you, we want you here. We want you to be here with us. So have that in mind. So next week, who can tell me what next week, what Sunday, next week Sunday is about? I want to see those That's who have... Sunday. Hermeneutic. Vulnerability. It's called Vulnerability Sunday. So the, we, we do, you know, every every week of the month every sunday we have a specific theme the first theme was hermeneutics right you guys were blessed all the videos are on youtube go check them out hermeneutics where we learned about you know how to really understand the god the, the bible how to read and interpret the bible then the second week was on um apologetics right so we, we looked into how to defend your faith and we'll be looking into that every second sunday of the month in the, and this was charisma. We learned about spiritual gifts, power, prayer. This is when we talk about, you know, the dynamics, the dynamic parts, the power parts. The Bible would call, we use the word power or exousia or something like that in the Greek. But anything that has to do with anything supernaturally, 
um, that involves like power. That's what this is for. So it's gonna we're gonna talk about a lot of things. And then this last Sunday of the month, which is next week Sunday, is Vulnerability Sunday, and it's gonna be it's a new thing we're doing. But I want you guys to be ready and prepared for it. You know, a lot of people in the church don't understand that the church is a healing platform. It's people who have been hurt, people who have pains and have been through suffering and are going through stuff that come to the church and we are all made reformed and renewed and strengthened by Christ. It's not perfect people coming to church. It's broken people coming to the perfect one. That's what it's about. So I want you guys to come next week Sunday because the theme of next week Sunday is dare to trust. And we're going to basically learn about accountability and vulnerability in the faith, how to get delivered from things that you struggle with. You know, there's a teaching in the word for that. God wants us to be strong. God, God actually wants us to live a life of dependency on him and to see victory in every area of our lives. And so come, get ready. I mean, next week is just an introduction, but just know that subsequently we're going to be going in depth, you know, so where, and allow God to go into our hearts where the healing needs to occur. So be there January 31st, same time, same venue, dare to trust. All right. And then uh, who's excited? We're going to the book of James this week. All right. So we're studying the book of James and um, yeah, January 25th to the 31st. So basically just read through the book of James, just like we've been doing. Uh, how many of you have been participating in this thing? I, I know a lot of you have. If you haven't, I'm I'm just pleading. Get into, please read the Bible. We're doing this not because we want to feel spiritual. This is your interest. Yes, Bisola. Hello? Yeah. I just have a word of encouragement for the person we prayed for at the beginning of the meeting. That yeah, please go ahead. His sister... Um, they're looking for a sister. Um, three years ago, we misplaced my grandma. She had dementia, so she walked out of the gate and just did not come back. And a lot of people came to us with different weird things, put water in a basket and do the things. I want to know, Tori, just let you know that this is a trying period for your faith. And you just have to believe God that God has a will for her life and is going to bring her back to you. And regardless of what people come and tell you and all the weird solutions the world will have to offer, you just have to keep your faith strong. We looked for her for almost six weeks. She was in the news, it was crazy. And people kept on coming every day with different things, but we just had to hold on to our faith. Like if God cannot do it, then you know the problem doesn't exist. And widely, one day we didn't have light and um, they brought the light in five minutes, there was an announcement on NTA, and then they took the light again. Literally, they brought the light for us to hear the announcement of where my grandmom was, and then they took the light again. And this was really God's, you know, handwork. Everybody could tell that God was involved. So we'll be praying for you. I'd like to encourage everyone here to pray because it took a lot of prayer and fasting. But God, there, there will be a testimony. I just want to say that. Okay, Ernest, you can continue. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Bisola. God bless you. Thank you for taking that bold step to, to encourage us. Thank you so much. And he's listening to you right now. So I just he just asked for anon anonymity. So I'm not going to say any name. But please keep praying. Know that there is power when we pray. 
it's a real concept. God hears us when we pray. All right. Um, I just want to say the last thing here. And it's just, it's beautiful that she brought this up and mentioned prayer. Because also next week, we're doing something called Prayer Basket. Oh, glory! Okay. So what is Prayer Basket? I'll take, we're already out of time. So I'll explain that on the WhatsApp group. If you're not in the WhatsApp group, the link to join the WhatsApp group is going to be on the chat in a few seconds. I know the people that do that will do it now for me. Thank you. Um, and then also the link to watch all past sessions we've had will also be on the chat. If you need the link, let me know. I can type it in real quick. But prayer basket is basically throughout the week uh, from the 25th, which is tomorrow to the 30th, you're going to have a link on the group. And all you need to do is just fill. It's going to be a form. You can do it anonymously, but anything that you really want us to pray for you about, anything, anything. And so we, I and other executives are going to come together on the weekend and we're going to pray for all those things. I mean, we're going to have different sessions when we pray, but we're all going to come together to pray uh, for those things. So feel free to throw in your prayer requests. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. This is something God gave to me as an instruction and i when when god leads me in a direction i'm like i'm just going to follow because i know god will do something with this so don't take this casually if you have anything maybe something you've thought about for so long and it just seems like no answer you know go ahead throw it in and let's trust god together all right so that's what we have for this week um i love you guys so much i'm just going to lead us in prayer and then we'll close up anything i'm missing out no all right. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much. We love you so very much because you first loved us. And we are fruits of your love. We're the result of your love. Thank you because you, Christ Jesus, was the first, we were the first fruit of many children. And we're all now co-heirs together with Christ it's just a privilege that we did not deserve that you gave freely to us. And Lord, thank you for Bible Marathon and where you're taking us to. I pray for everyone listening to me right now, that they're encouraged, they're strengthened to continue, to persevere, to run the marathon race that you've put right ahead of us. And Lord, I see all that you have promised come to pass in everyone here, that they will grow in their faith, that they will have stability. They will be deeply rooted and grounded in their faith. And I just pray again, Lord, for a prayer that you will keep him and that all the desires of his heart, according to your will, will be granted. I pray, Lord, that he's strengthened with might to do even more for the gospel of Jesus Christ, that the world through him and through all of us here would hear about the good news of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray all of these things in the name of the Lord Jesus. And one more thing, Lord, one more thing. We believe together with you that his sister, the young man that spoke, that, that asked us to pray, that his younger sister will be found in the name of Jesus, found and brought home safely. We trust you and we trust in your power. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. All right. Amen. Thank you guys for joining us. It was an amazing time. Join us same time next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to this recording. We hope this session was a blessing to you as it was for us. If you'd like to be an active part of Bible Marathon, 
maybe join in live on our Sunday sessions, be part of the WhatsApp group, or would just like to know more about the Bible Marathon Project, visit our website bit.ly slash bmglive4 for more details. That's bit.ly slash bmglive4 for more details. We pray you stay blessed, experiencing progress and joy in your faith. <laughs>